Hello, everyone. This is Jacob Emerson with Becker's Healthcare. Thanks so much for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare podcast series, where today I'm very pleased to be joined by Akilesh Bapu, who is founder and CEO at DeepScribe. He's here with me today to talk a little bit more about why AI note customization is key for widespread clinical adoption at large healthcare organizations. So Akilesh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks, Jacob. I'm super glad to be here as well. Yeah, we're glad to have you with us. And to get us started, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background in healthcare, and what it is that you do today at DeepScribe. Yeah, absolutely. So prior to DeepScribe, I was actually exposed to the problem of documentation at a pretty young age. You know, my dad was an oncologist. And as the son of an oncologist, I actually would say I was desensitized to the problem of documentation. You know, he would spend upwards of half his day writing notes on everything his patients said to him. And a lot of that he would bring home. But as a kid, not much you can actually do about it. So I admitted defeat. And a few years later, or roughly a decade later, I eventually found myself at Bear, which is Berkeley's AI research lab. And I was working on summarization at the time. And, you know, back in 2017, summarization was starting to do amazing things, including being able to distill one to two page CNN articles into nice, concise abstracts. It was pretty amazing. But every time I traveled back home, it was like I was going 10 years into the past. My dad was using the same tools, the same tech, and spending the same amount of time on documentation. And so I started to ask the question, you know, why not build a tool that could listen to my dad's conversations and summarize them and fill out his documentation for him? And if I were to do so, would that actually save him the time he was spending on documentation? Because obviously it meant a lot to me. So I took the same first principles approach we did in the lab. I tried to collect the data and then curate it and then train a model on it. But the data step is where I got stuck. There was no data set of patient-physician conversations. There was no data set of the transcripts, the annotated notes. And so it was virtually impossible to train an AI to, to do this work at the bar of accuracy that's required in healthcare. But I think what was more interesting to us as technologists was that these conversations were actually healthcare source of truth. So every patient's story started from one of these interactions and no one was actually collecting this data. So, you know, we thought that if we could collect this data, not only could we solve documentation, but we could start to solve some of the larger problems in medicine. And so we started DeepScribe to do exactly this. So we launched the product in 2020 and we quickly became one of the market leaders in documentation. So today DeepScribe is deployed in over a thousand provider organizations, everything from a private practice to a larger health system. And, you know, on average, we save about three hours a day for each of our doctors. But I think the most important thing to us is that we've been able to do this across a diversity of workflows and specialties. So when you see digital health products deployed, typically a lot of groups of clinicians are left out, you know, whether it's the specialists or whether it's the inpatient docs, because their workflows are highly nuanced and diverse to the point that the product can't fit them. However, with DeepScribe, by deploying to primary care or private practices early on and seeing thousands of different workflow permutations, we were able to build what we call customization studio that allows any provider to fine tune DeepScribe to fit whatever workflow they had. So 
we've actually, by doing this, found that this is the single biggest key to adoption of any sort of AI in healthcare. It sounds like this is a very personal passion for you uh, on top of being obviously a professional one as well, Akilesh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of my favorite parts of the whole DeepScribe journey is that my dad actually uses DeepScribe today. And then he's one of the clinicians that actually is able to save multiple hours in his day now because of DeepScribe. So it came full circle and, and, you know, I know I built it for my dad initially, but it's great to have other doctors be able to have access to the technology as well. Sure. Yeah, no, it's very cool to hear. And I do want to get deeper into what's, what's the latest on clinical note-taking, but, but I do want to stay, take a step back for a second and ask you a little bit about a trend we've been seeing over the last few years, just this rise in hospital and health system leaders' investments in artificial intelligence technology across the board, not just in clinical note-taking. So yeah. based on your experience, Akilesh, how are you seeing organizations deploy AI the most um, or, or to support clinical documentation? Are you seeing key challenges that they're looking to address ultimately? Yeah, absolutely. So it's been amazing from our vantage point, because when we started the company in 2018, we got to see sort of this adoption curve go from no one is really looking and talking about clinical documentation to now everybody is talking about clinical documentation. So in the beginning, you know, we actually made the decision to serve DeepScribe to only private practices because the sales cycles and the implementation cycles at systems were just unsustainable for us as a, as a startup. And you know, the key things there are just accuracy and, and proof points that this tech would actually you know, solve the challenges that the health systems were looking at. But over time, as we built up a name for ourselves in the private practice industry, we've started to see that you know, as the AI kind of thought spaces have evolved, a lot of health systems are now finally looking at uh, AI as something that's here to stay. And so I think if you look at the numbers, you know, earlier this year, there's a study done um, that shared that about 30% of systems are currently looking at documentation. And now I think, you know, the latest studies show something closer to 60%. So it's been amazing to see health systems kind of embrace AI. And, you know, at the center of it, I think, is the challenge of physician burnout. Um, I think that's what a lot of these systems are, are looking to solve with, with documentation tools like DeepScribe. And I think that sits at the center of generative AI in healthcare for a couple of reasons. You know, the first, I think there have been companies like DeepScribe that have been building solutions and building the workflow enhancements and integrations so that come time to implement, they're ready to go with all of the surrounding functionality. And now you, you have Cortec that's finally mature. So now you can actually deploy these mature solutions. I think the second thing is that um, it's really easy to see the value from these solutions. So, you know, with DeepScribe, for example, as soon as it's implemented within a few hours, you're seeing clinicians actually start to save time and send, you know, little notes to administration that, you know, software i.e. DeepScribe, has been amazing because now they don't have to focus on notes anymore. They can now focus on their patient. Some physicians are that have been scaled down to just two to three days of, of practice from the full four or five are now going back to the four or five because of these documentation tools. So I think, you know, you're able to see instant value. And, you know, I think the tech is mature enough for, for this specific space, which is why I think organizations see this as the, the most obvious first step in their generative AI journey. And you mentioned a, a jump from 30 to 60% of 
or so of systems now looking into AI-powered clinical documentation. What advancements do you attribute that to in terms of where clinical note-taking has improved over the last few years? And are, are you finding that customization fits in here? Um, why is all this significant, I guess, is what I'm asking, Akilesh. Yeah, I think that's a good question. So, you know, since the beginning and still now, I think the challenges to adopting a technology like this have been the same. The two biggest are trust and customization. And trust in our world is akin to accuracy. So if those are the problems, I think in terms of advancements, a lot of people see that the advancements for accuracy have been primarily tailored around GPT-4 and the advancements in foundation models. But we actually see that the biggest advancements were in open source LLMs. So, you know, while GPT-4 is incredible, without the right checks and balances, it mislabels a medication almost every single time. So this open source movement has been amazing because as you collect a small amount of domain-specific data and train these LLMs on it, you can quickly become on par with GPT-4. But with large amounts like we have, you can actually solve problems like hallucinations or misinterpretation or other common mistakes fairly effectively. So I think that's the first big advancement is that trust has just come a long way and accuracy has come a long way to, to finally meet that bar. But the second thing that I think you mentioned was customizations. And I think that's probably the other large advancement. And so the product, in order to get full widespread adoption, can't just work for that one clinician that gets all their information from the conversation, they're okay with unstructured notes. It also has to work for you know the oncologist that gets most of their note from previous visits or the highly specific geriatricians that want the note to follow exact structure that they've been using for the last like 10 years. So um, I think the, the second big advancement that we've seen is you know given the advancements in foundation models and open source LLMs, we can now evolve that to customizations. And DeepScribe has embraced that and released something called Customization Studio that is the culmination of all these little things that clinicians have asked us for over the last five years wrapped into this, I guess, seamless interface. And you can kind of think of it as clinicians now being able to build their own custom model in a few minutes. So when it comes to adoption, now you have trust that's relatively solved as well as customizations that's also solved that are the two keys to just rolling out something like DeepScribe system-wide. I want to follow up with you on, on the trust aspect of this, because I think when we're talking about uh, implementing AI tools within healthcare, the other half of this conversation has to be around uh, the responsibilities around using this technology. And we yeah. know the healthcare industry is working to set guidelines right now, this year, they're being released around the use and development of these technologies, given the, the, the range of concerns around accuracy, privacy, uh, potential biases, and discriminatory concerns. And so I would ask you, Akilesh, what considerations, what best practices do you recommend for, for leaders in charge of these tools as they explore, as they begin to implement these tools, and like what you mentioned, as they begin to customize these note-taking tools that we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there, there are three things that I would highlight as very important to, to look into and, and get right before adopting generative AI. I think the first thing is everybody should do their own benchmarks or at least develop their own benchmarking methodology. And in the you know AI documentation space, uh, especially, 
you know, you can plug in a conversation into GPT-4 and have a note that comes out that looks like it would work. But when you examine it closely, you'll see hallucinations happen. You'll see uh, things like misinterpretation or miscategorization or mislabels that can have um, pretty significant downstream effects. So having a having a benchmarking methodology would help a system, you know, prevent against that. And and we have our own a deep scribe that we're happy to share with anyone that's that's looking at this. But I think that's the the first thing to to catch mistakes early. The second thing is human oversight. So you know, and you can even do you, you can do this even if the solution is fully automated. So deep scribe, for example, our solution is fully automated, but we have a team of folks internally that review at random different notes to ensure that there are no hallucinations that are currently being missed by uh, clinicians or misinterpretations or, or other errors. So that's, I think, the second thing that's important. The third thing is automated oversight. And we've done some work here as well, but you can actually configure LLMs to be able to catch their own mistakes by having one specific dedicated reviewer LLM to, to review the notes, compare it with the transcript and see if there's anything uh, that's been missed. So I think those three things I, I would say are, are probably the most important as it pertains to, to guidelines and, and, and safe AI development. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking us through that and offering all those details. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, Akilesh, is on the ground. I know you, you mentioned yeah. your father and how he's been using this tool in oncology and some other physicians you know as well, but can you share some some on-the-ground examples or some case studies of where we are seeing hospitals and health systems deploy AI for customized medical notes and ultimately the outcomes that, you, that you're seeing and that they are seeing from that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorite case studies is Covenant Healthcare. So Covenant Healthcare has used DeepScribe for actually a little bit less than a year, they're on Epic. And um, within six months, they were able to not just reduce documentation time by roughly 53% across all their providers, but they were able to see a 72% reduction in pajama time. And that's my favorite stat because um, a lot of the work that clinicians do ends up being carried home and being able to reduce that by three-fourths. So, you know, if they're spending an hour or a day on it in the evening, now they only have to spend 15 minutes, I think is a big, big win. Second big win is that, you know, even though we like to say we're able to save clinicians' documentation, 80, uh, reduce documentation by 80%, in practice, because of the diversity of clinicians and their workflows, um, we've been able to show that we were able to do that by 53% consistently across everybody. So regardless of if you're, you know, the hyper picky doc that wants their documentation a certain way or a specialist that has a highly configured workflow, we're able to make an impact um, for, for everyone. So I think that's awesome to see in, in the last great tidbit that I wanted to insert there from that study is that they actually just in six months made the call to replace their virtual scribe program just months after implementing DeepScribe. So I think that's a great one that shows some of the value you can get from generative AI and documentation. Yeah. And those are some incredible metrics you shared, especially that 53% reduction in documentation across specialties, across all kinds of physicians. That's, that's amazing. Um, before we go though, Akilesh, any other final thoughts or, or key takeaways you would like to share with all of our health system listeners uh, listening in today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're about to roll into the biggest year for 
Gen AI in healthcare yet. And I think everybody is extremely excited, um, whether you're a startup or uh, that's that's building a solution for this or a health system that, that's, that's integrating it. But I think the two things to really look out for are trust. So, you know, how accurate is the AI? What benchmarking methodology does the company use in the back end to verify that, you know, in production, it'll be reliable and, and trustworthy. And the second thing is customization. So how can the AI adapt to all the, the big, I guess, diverse amount of workflows that your clinicians have? And how does the product account for that? And I think those are going to be the two most important things to get the adoption that everybody here is looking for. So, you know, we've done a lot of work on this and, and happy to share notes with anyone interested, but I think those are the two things that we predict are going to be very important. And so I'm super excited to, to see this year play out and, and see just how much AI is going to really impact and, and improve healthcare outcomes. Fantastic. Well, Akilish, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and for sharing your insights with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jacob. We'd also like to thank our podcast sponsor, DeepScribe. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.